Hello and welcome to my Camino, the podcast. I'm Dan Mullins, a two-time Camino pilgrim. I walked from Sahun to Santiago de Compostela in July, August 2016, and walked from Lourdes to Santiago in September, October 2017. I'm a rookie, really. I met along the way 25-year-olds who were walking their fourth Camino and 78-year-olds who were walking their 15th Camino. But everyone walks their own journey, their own way. My trusty desk calendar threw me another inspiring quote this week, said, Always walk through life as if you have nothing new to learn, and you will. Well, my guest this week is Janet Leach, OAM. Now, if you're listening outside Australia, OAM means someone has been awarded the Order of Australia, an order of chivalry awarded for achievement or meritorious service. Queen Elizabeth II granted the award to Janet for service to the community of the Adelaide Hills, particularly through participation in musical events and through the scouting movement. And Janet Leach is also chair of the Australian Friends of the Camino de Santiago. She's on the line from Adelaide. Janet, welcome. Thank you. It's great to talk to you. First of all, let me just ask you a general question, and I hope you can answer it. How many Caminos have you done? Depends. If you call different uh, pilgrimages Caminos, for example, the Camino de Assisi, I've probably walked about 12, but I've only been to Santiago six times. So you began your Camino journey, let's, let's call it that, in 2004. Do you remember how you first heard about it? Yes, I was busy doing some cooking and happened to be listening to a radio interview of a uh, by a travel agent. And the travel agent had talked about her Camino experience. I'd never heard of the Camino, and I was only half listening, really. And the interview finished, and I carried on, until a week later I found myself saying out loud to all and sundry, if I can find someone to go with me, I'm going to walk across Spain next year. And that was basically the start of the journey. And so so cast your mind back if you can. On that first Camino, did you realise then it would have such a huge impact on your life? No, no. I I had never, uh, except for going to New Zealand, where I met and married a New Zealander, uh, and except for a couple of trips to various specific islands, I had never been outside of Australia. And so I was a rookie traveller, well and truly, mm. and my first trip to Europe was walking the Camino, so I got quite a shock. Uh, I remember at the end of that first Camino, standing in the square, looking at the cathedral at 8 o'clock in the morning. It was late October, so it was just getting light and I remember saying mentally not out loud in case someone happened to be walking past (laughs) goodbye Santiago it's been a wonderful journey I'll never see you again I got home on um, Sunday night I went to work on Monday morning and Monday night while I was downloading this is in the days of dial-up internet uh, while I was downloading my emails to stay awake, I started planning my next journey, which was from Le Puy-en-Velay. There you go. It took one day. 
It did, <laughs> yes. And I had I was quite convinced when I left Santiago that I would never be back. Let's let's talk about the Spain walk or the Francis Way or, or the walks you've done and you've done quite a few in Spain. You've done a lot of walking and a lot of thinking. So how do you describe the Camino to people who would perhaps be thinking of going? I usually tell people, I tell them what I love about it. And, and what I love is the, the time that you have to, to think. I love the way that it's just one step at a time. You never know what is around the corner. But what if if you are retracing your steps, that is the path that you've already walked on is vividly implanted in your mind. You you know what is around the corner if you are retracing steps, and it's just that that slow journey, the 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 way of one step at a time, one one minute at a time, one hour at a time, one day at a time. And I know last July you were in Sydney. You delivered a speech at the St. James Hall in the CBD as part of the St. James Patronal Festival. And you spoke about pilgrimage in general. So why do you think we're drawn to be pilgrims? What is the allure? It's, it's certainly not a glamorous life. No, but it's, it's getting back to that slowness. I, I often, when I'm speaking at various things, I often begin with a quotation by Robin Davidson and she says, and I'm desperately looking for it, uh, she makes the comment that we, as we've lost this art of pilgrimage, this is the lady who walked across Simpson Desert with camels, by the way. Yes, yes. Um, as, as we've lost this art of pilgrimage, we have lost the idea of walking for a very, very long time. It does change you, and and I think it does. It makes you accept what is being grateful for what you get, whatever that might be: a drink of water, some food, a bed for the night, uh, maybe um, some help with blisters or tendonitis. Anything. It just makes you very grateful for those things. So, so if what's the most important thing about being a pilgrim? Would it then be being grateful? I I think being being grateful and accepting, not expecting. Mm. Uh, as as a tourist, we often expect clean. Well, generally, as a pilgrim, we we get clean sheets if we're staying in a hotel. But we we get we expect these amazingly high standards from our tourist travel but as a pilgrim we don't expect anything and we should be grateful for whatever it is that we've got yes yes that's true and and quite often (laughs) after walking 30 kilometers it doesn't matter what the bed is or the fact that you're on the bottom bunk and that bottom bunk is adjacent immediately adjacent to another bottom bunk you are just so grateful for the rest aren't you yeah yeah, and you're grateful for the friends that you meet along the way or the, just the people that smile at you or the car that drives past and, and toots and sings out uh, when Camino. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I can remember I, I injured my back when I was, I was on a year-long 
walk and I injured my back dramatically and couldn't walk. In fact, I was getting worse and worse and, and could barely put one foot in front of the other. Uh, and I had asked a couple of young lads who were coming out of a college. I was, I was just one day out of Paris and these young lads, uh, I said, were any of them going to Innie, which was only two kilometres away, but I suspect it probably would have taken me about three hours to get there. And I said, uh, are any of you going to this village? No, they weren't. So I just continued limping, limping along. And about 10 minutes later, a car pulled up next to me and the voice, a voice said, I can take you to any miss. <laughs> and he, he'd obviously seen that I was really suffering and he'd gone round the block and come back and picked me up and took me to a motel. Uh, so it's that kind of kindness, unexpectedness that you just have to be grateful for. Yes, yes. And, and, and being grateful makes you humble too, I think. Yes. Yeah, and, that's, and I think that's terrific to keep that in the back of your mind. I want to get to that epic walk in 2014-15 in just a moment, but I've also got here that you've had a long and distinguished career. You're enjoying a celebrated life. Your blog is called Off Wandering Again. So what on earth yes, do your family... Fr- one of them. One yes. of them, yeah. But what on earth do your family, friends and colleagues make of all this Camino wandering? Uh, on my very first Camino... I met a a bloke from Germany and he said to me, what do your children think? Now, I I don't have a husband. I'm widowed. My husband died 35 years ago, but my children are now 35 and um, 36. And um, and they're quite used to a rather zany mother. (laughs) And... They, uh, this bloke said to me, what do your children think? And I, my response was, oh, they'd just say, that's mum. And I came home and told my oldest son of that conversation. And he thought for a moment and his response was, yes, that's right. That's just <laughs> what you do. So that, they are quite used to me uh, preaching about the Camino and the joys of the Camino and the joys of pilgrimage. And uh, they, in fact, my son has joined me a couple of times and walked with me uh, on a couple of different Caminos, which is a delight to have his company. The other one hasn't got that freedom, but uh, one of my sons has joined me on on a Camino a couple of times. So that's wonderful to have that company. Yes, if you'll forgive me, you just said that you were widowed 35 years ago and that your children are now 35 and 36. You were a very young widow. You were a, yes. And with young children. Yes, I had a, a three-month-old and an 18-month-old. So, I imagine there's a story uh, there as well. That was a long journey as well. <laughs> that's exactly what I was about to say. I bet that's been a journey in itself. So let's talk about journeys. And, and one in particular, we, we mentioned it before, that you've walked the Caminos many times and and journeys that you've turned into your own Camino in a sense. But tell us about your one year of walking in 2014-15. That was, it didn't turn out quite how it was planned. I had planned my, I'll I'll rewind from that one year. When I walked from Troyes, which is just southeast of Paris, my son met me for a couple of, uh, for a week 
and walked with me for a couple of hundred kilometres to Vézelay, he went off and rode his pushbike home to Adelaide. And uh, as I was walking further down the road, I thought, if he can do that, I can do it. Not ride a pushbike, but I can walk home. And my plan was to set myself a, a time limit, a year, and see how far I got. But when I did the sums, the sums meant that I would end up in Georgia or somewhere similar on my own in the middle of winter, and I didn't feel comfortable about Mm. that. So instead, for this year's journey, I decided I would just do a circuitous route. I was planning to walk from Munich down to Rome, which I did do via the Camino Assisi, and the Camino San Antonio, and also a little bit of Jakobsberg. And uh, then from Rome, I was planning to go to Jerusalem, meet a friend and go to Jerusalem. However, the war broke out, and it wasn't a good idea to go to Jerusalem. So instead, I went to the UK, and I I planned a rather... uh, it, it, I didn't go in a straight line. I walked from uh, John O'Groats down to Land's End, and I went north to south, which is not the normal thing. And I went uh, because of the weather. Uh, I was walking in the winter time, and I incorporated as much as I could different pilgrimage routes. So I walked St Cuthbert's Way out to Holy Island, and St Oswald's Way down to uh, Newcastle. Right. And uh, and I also went to a couple of pilgrimage sites, such as Iona, which is on um, the west coast of Sydney. Oh, sorry, the... Yeah, the west coast of... Uh, not Sydney, the west coast of the UK. And uh, that solved one problem, in, which was the Schengen visa, And then I went to Leipzig and walked from Leipzig to Paris, where, as I said earlier, my back was injured. I had to take about three weeks off, three to four weeks off, and gave up on the thought of walking from Paris down to uh, Spain and instead just hopped on a train. I I was due to speak at an Amigos conference in Santiago. So instead I just hopped on a a train and went to Leon and walked the Camino San Salvador, which is a wonderful pilgrimage route, and walked on the portion of the Camino del Norte that I hadn't done. And I I left on June the 18th and I got back on June the 17th. How How do you carry enough gear for a 12-month pilgrimage? You must have a pack the size of a wardrobe. No, no. You, you. I, I carried uh, the seven to nine kilos in in the summertime, and then when I got to the UK, I then swapped my gear. My my son actually uh, couriered over some of my winter gear, and I posted back my my unneeded uh, summer gear back home, and then he brought the summer gear back with him when he came to Leipzig um, to meet me. So I I managed quite well. So I carried seven to nine kilos in the summer, depending uh, how much food, how much water and so on that I had. And in the winter, I think it was probably about 11 to 12 kilos 
but a lot of that was on my body right. as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and you've actually walked the Camino Francis in winter, haven't you? I have, and it's wonderful. It is, it's very special to walk it in wintertime. Uh, and it's, it's not as bad as people would think. In fact, it's a lot easier. I, I have never walked the Camino Francis in spring, but I would imagine it's considerably easier walking it in midwinter than in spring because everything is frozen. So instead of sinking into mud, you mm. just walk across the top of it. Mm, and yeah. uh, and, and it's, it's lovely walking in the winter. It's cold, yeah. uh, but the alberges is enough. Of, uh, the Camino Francis has enough infrastructure that is open that you can walk comfortably uh, for a day. And, uh, in fact, when I walked it in the wintertime, I didn't get rain until about two... Heavy rain uh, until about two days out of um, Santiago. So are you... Are you someone who does a lot of planning and books ahead, Janet, or, or are you, for no, instance, in, for instance, no. in winter, are you arriving in Lorogno or in or wherever and thinking I'll I'll find somewhere it'll be okay? My, uh, yes, I I just turn up. The only occasion that I would book because I I left it was over the uh, summer holidays, and so I left before Christmas. I was on the road uh, at Christmas time. I did book Christmas. Eve because I thought maybe it might be busy and I did book on Three Kings Eve. I was in Leon and I booked for that but otherwise and I booked a pilgrim room no I didn't I was I I shouted myself the parador I thought after four times in (laughs) Santiago I'm going to stay at the parador because I could get a golden oldie rate and (laughs) Uh, also, it was cheap rates anyway, so that's what I did. And was it fantastic? In Santiago. Was it, fanta- was it fantastic? Oh, it was lovely. Yeah. And the advantage of staying in the Parador, it's basically a museum and they give you all sorts of information and you just wander around the whole building looking at things. So yeah. I can recommend that if you can possibly afford it as yeah. a special treat. Yeah. You spoke at the Blue Mountains Camino Festival last year. It was fascinating hearing you talk about lesser-known Caminos. Can we talk, I mean, you, 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 know, you know so many of them, and can we talk about, say, three? Three, three, let, let's talk roads less travelled. Uh, roads, I am passionate about roads yeah, less travelled. Yeah, let's talk about three uh, of them, say. so many people say to me, I'm walking the whole, or have you walked the whole Camino? And... For Europeans, it, that could be from Poland or anywhere. Yeah. For us, yes, it does believe your Camino begins at home. But there, there are so many delightful Caminos over in, other than in Spain. Even in Spain, there is the Camino Ignaciano, which goes from Loyola near Sebastian, San Sebastian across to Manresa, which is... Uh, just out of Barcelona. So effectively, you're walking the coast to coast of Spain. And that it's, and you're walking for some of it in reverse to the um, oh, uh, Camino San Jome, I think it is, part of it. Right. Um, but, but it is very much a road less travelled. 
and and there's also the Camino in Vienna in Spain where I walked that last October or October 12 months ago and I didn't see one pilgrim the entire time I was on the wow. road. Where is that? Where does that begin and where does that finish? The Camino in Vienna begins at Ponferrada. Basically, you turn left at Ponferrada and walk parallel to the Camino Frances and it eventually joins one day out. It, jo- it joins the Camino Sanabras and you walk on, on the with the folk who are coming up from uh, the Via de la Plata into Santiago, but that's just the last day. Uh, so that's very much a road less travelled. But um, in France, the Vézelay Pass, I, for six weeks along that route, I never saw another pilgrim. And that was in reasonably busy times. It was uh, August, September that I was walking that path. Uh, and I, and it, mind you, it's four or five years ago now, but I never saw another pilgrim uh, for six weeks. And the infrastructure on that particular Camino is very, very good. This, the villagers have built these tiny little albergues. Some only sleep four or five people. They've put a little kitchen in. Uh, when I walked it, the villagers who looked after the albergue would put food in, and it was a Donativo that put uh, maybe 50 cents on a little can of uh, corn and some, and you, there were packets of pasta and you'd just put a donation in for however much you used and so on, because there was no shop in the village uh, and so you had to cook something. Uh, and, and that is, it's a fairly easy Camino compared to say, the Camino Assisi, which goes down through the... Uh, really down the spine of Italy, down the Apennines, following the path of St Francis. And that that is a very up-and-down, very rugged Camino, parts of it. Uh, but the Vézelay Path is a very gentle path uh, and just undulate, mostly undulating country, uh, lovely green trees and and fields and so on a very pleasant way how fantastic um, how absolutely and, and, fantastic you yeah, go on uh jacobs bay or jacobs yep, yep. in um germany is there there are many many paths uh, in germany but the Leipzig, from leipzig across to Erfurt um, and Eisenach, uh, that is a delight, especially for a musician. I'm, I'm a, a pianist. And uh, that basically, my son walked with me for the, that whole leg. And he said, oh, Mum, we're, we're following the J.S. Bach pilgrimage as well, uh, because you go through many sites that were important to J.S. Bach. Um, along that route, and he, he in fact walked that path. But it is a recognised Camino as well, How and lovely. and you stop uh, you stop in tiny little uh, albergues. There was a little church that we paid five euros for. They put a men- mezzanine above the the kitchen, and it was gym mats on the floor. And uh, another church we actually slept in the church building itself. Uh, for five euros, so there's there's lots of beautiful ways to walk. And are all of them well signposted, uh, well well marked? Yes, 
the the French ones are now well. The ones that I've walked are yeah. very well waymarked, and the German ones, in typical uh, thoroughness, they are all very well waymarked as yeah. well. Yeah, and it's the red and white um, stripes in France. What is it in in Germany? The marker. Uh, well, it, it's not always. Sometimes it's the red and white stripes. In, uh, for example, in Italy, there's the yellow towel that you follow on the Camino Francis, but you also follow the red and white stripes. Right. Sometimes you follow the GR stripes in Germany, but they have uh, there's the shell, and on a couple of them, although they are St James Caminos, they have other symbols as well, depending on what one you're on. You know, I could listen to you all night. <laughs> you know, you were awarded an OAM for services to music. You mentioned there that music has been an enormous part of your life, and indeed music is a gift of life. It is. Tell, yes. tell us about giving music as a gift in France. In... On my Caminos, uh, on the second Camino, I started to sing whenever I went into a church. I would often be asked to sing for my pilgrim friends. And along the way, I have received gifts. I like to give gifts to people, but as a pilgrim, you cannot carry gifts to hand out. And uh, certainly to other pilgrims, you would never hand out in anything because they wouldn't want it they wouldn't want to carry it so i have used music as a gift and uh, one day i stopped at an abbey church at in on the veselay path i was damp and i was looking for a bar to dry off basically i asked the lady who had just opened up the church if there was a bar in the village she didn't understand me so i said chocolate and she, with that, I got a tirade about there's no bar, there's no boulangerie, there's uh, nothing for tourists and there's nothing for pilgrims. It is very bad in this village. <laughs> with that, off she went. I went into the church and had a sing for myself for 10 minutes or so. I came out and was almost ready to head off. And a car pulled up out the front, and this lady had a spring water bottle, a litre spring water bottle, full of hot chocolate that she'd gone home and made for me, and with some pandelay as well. I thought, should I pay her? And I, you have to make very split decisions on these things. And I thought, no, I'm not going to pay her. I just took her by the hand and took her into the church and sang a couple of hymns for her, one of them being Amazing Grace, because the French all know Amazing Grace. And uh, I I was able to say to her, you have given me a gift, this is my gift for you. And uh, I I do that quite a lot when I'm walking. That's my gift for the pilgrims that I walk with. How lovely. And and so you just, have you ever been hurried along told to move on in a church no 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 i i'm i'm always sensitive i i will only sing hymns in the church because i don't want to cause offense and i'm a little bit careful i'm i've got a methodist background so i i'm careful that i'm in a catholic church so i i sing hymns that are accepted by all faiths and i um 
No, I've always sung, I've always asked, that, and I, I don't necessarily, I don't have to sing to have an audience, so I'm quite happy to sing for myself. Yeah. And singing actually is extraordinarily energising. Mm. I I find that I can go into a church and sing for 10 minutes and I come out. Uh, my voice always sounds wonderful in the church. I was going to get to that in a minute. But, I was going to get it to get to that in a minute. But yeah, go on. Um, but I, I'll come out and that a, a 10 minute sing is as good as sitting down and having a cup of coffee. Yeah, because because the energy required, because it's such a soulful thing singing and i'm a singer and yeah. i've been a singer for many many for decades it's such a soulful thing you're drawing from that very that very soulful part of you it lets the rest yeah. of you it lets the the physical rest while the soul yeah. does the yeah. work and and part of it also might be that you're breathing properly yes uh but it's also the energizing of of the act of singing and and that music is so joyful yeah yeah and, and i was the, the, what i was going to ask you about is in some of those churches and i sang in 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 some just this last uh, trip of mine it's the acoustics seem to almost draw the music out of you yeah it, yep it, and you really it's quite an out-of-body experience in some respects you kind of it's it's quite extraordinary isn't it Yes, yeah, uh, and and I find that I've got a reasonable voice, but uh, my voice just sounds wonderful when I'm in those churches, and and I get extraordinary responses from people. I was in a, a church near closing time, and I had asked the priest if I could sing. He was the only person in the building, so that was fine. He he said yes, that's fine. And a lady came in to lock up and she just stood and listened. She didn't speak English, but she was running her arm, her hands up her arm, meaning, I think, spine tingling um, or hair raising or, or whatever. And I was just singing Amazing Grace at the time when she was listening. Uh, so it's, it's a wonderful, it's a reward for yourself. I, I just yeah. find it very joyful to do that. It is indeed. And... Amazing Grace, I once was lost, but now I'm found. That's uh, yeah. Oh, that, that line, it just oh, it's just so fantastic. Yeah, it gives me goosebumps still today. The Pilgrim's Office, Janet, in Santiago last week said more than three hundred thousand Compostelas were issued in two thousand and seventeen. Is there a fear that the Camino will become too popular? Do you think? I, as some people say that they are concerned about that. But I think it will find its its place. And those 300,000 Compostelas, they weren't... It wasn't 300,000 people walking as an army into Santiago. Sure. There, there were um, 50,000 one month. And they weren't all walking on the Camino Frances. There, there, there are people who are walking on the Camino del Norte, uh, the Camino Primitivo, the Invierno, uh, the Portuguese Way, and so on. And and so it it is. Yes, there's a busy time in August. Uh, in the same way that it's busy here in December and January yeah. uh, in various places. But otherwise, I think I think it will carry on. And 
people will still continue walking there because it is such a special way. So in order to give back, um, and, and I'm talking here about Australians and Americans and, and, and Brits and, and, and non-Spanish people, what's the one thing we should all be mindful of as pilgrims on the Camino? To, to give back... There's the obvious things like you can go and walk and work in the pilgrim office or as a hospitalero or something. But as a bushwalker here in Australia, and, and I, I must say that I don't bushwalk very much these days. I, I much prefer Camino walking. Uh, but as, as a bushwalker, I was taught you you leave only footprints and you take nothing. And really that's... I think that's the best thing that we can do is treat with respect every um, every route that we're on, every village that we pass, every pilgrim we meet, and in particular, every village, uh, every villager that we meet. I'll tell my listeners before we finish about how to join the Australian Friends on the Camino, but just explain to us what it does. Uh, we are the only organisation in Australia that can issue a credential. So we issue for our members, we issue a free credential, or indeed we issue as many uh, as people require. I've just issued three credentials to a man who's going to be away for a considerable time and going to be walking three different Caminos while he's away. Uh, so we, we're not... We don't necessarily say you are only entitled to one credential if, if you walk two Caminos or three Caminos. We will keep issuing them as long as uh, you are a member. We provide a wonderful newsletter... Uh, and we deliberately work hard at trying to maintain the cost so that we can provide a hard uh, hard copy of the newsletter because it's the sort of thing that you can take out and read over a cup of coffee. You can hand to a friend to read and get a greater understanding of the Camino. Uh, and we issue advice if people email us or call us or so on. It is a fantastic website. It is outstanding. Yes. All the information there. And you don't necessarily have to be Australian, just by the way. Uh, even international pilgrims will find outstanding information and resources at the site. It's terrific. And I'll give the, the website address at the end of the interview. Look, I've, I've taken up so much of your time already, Janet, but I just want to talk about your blogs. You're pretty prolific. But do you write while you're on the Camino? Yes, as you can tell, I like to talk. <laughs> you and me both. You and me both, we're in strife. <laughs> I, I, unfortunately, I am absolutely hopeless with languages. and uh, But I, I enjoy, I just type. And, and there, there is a saying about letting your fingers do the walking uh, in terms of uh, ringing people and finding out information. I let my fingers do the talking and, le and letting my friends know what I'm doing. I, I just do it really for my own and my friends' benefit. 
And so I, I mentioned uh, I'm off wandering. Is, 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 there is another one you said, though, isn't there? Uh, there's the Happy Wanderer. That's it, yep. Yes, yeah. and uh, my Winter Camino. There's links on, on whichever blog you look at. There's, there's links that you can get to the other ones. And I'm, I'm about to set up another, a new blog. I only blog when I'm away. I don't blog at home. Uh, but I'll, I will do a new blog for my next pilgrimage journey, which begins in March. Well, and that's so my I'll... next question. Where are you walking in 2018? 2018, I am walking on the Via Romeo Germanica, which begins in Stade near Hamburg in northern Germany and ends in Rome. Uh, and it crosses the Camino, uh, I think it crosses three times. It crosses the Camino Assisi in, uh, uh, in the Apennines and then it links up the last four days with the Via Francigena which is coming down from uh, London or from Canterbury. Well, good luck and stay safe. I, I Congratulations on the work you do with the Australian Friends of the Camino and I, I look forward very much to reading more of your blogs and following your journey in 2018 and beyond. Janet Leach, it's Thanks, been an Dan. absolute honour to talk to you. Thank you. And, and uh, Buen Camino. Thank you. Can I just finish with a quote that I often finish my speeches with? Of course. And it's by St. Francis of Assisi. He said, start by doing what is necessary, then do what is possible, and suddenly you are doing the impossible. That's outstanding. You're the best. Thank you, Janet. Okay, Dan. All the very Thank best. You. Buen Camino. Gracias. Bye now. Bye. My guest this week, Janet Leach, OAM, Chair of the Australian Friends of the Camino de Santiago. And you'll find the Friends website at AFOTC, Australian Friends of the Camino.org. AFOTC.org. And you don't have to be Australian to enjoy or take advantage of all the information available on the site. And you can become a member for a very reasonable fee. And the mission of the Australian Friends of the Camino is to promote an awareness of the Camino de Santiago to Australians to assist and encourage those interested in the pilgrimage to the Shrine of St. James in Santiago de Compostela and to cooperate with similar groups in Spain, France and elsewhere and where, where possible to join in refurbishing and maintaining facilities to be used for or by pilgrims along the Camino. And you can follow Janet's journeys at Off Wandering Again dot blogspot.com.au or as she said the happy wanderer or my winter camino but if you simply google janet leach l-e-i-t-c-h janet leach l-e-i-t-c-h you'll find all of her writings on the internet a ripping yarn this week and plenty more to come remember this week's quote always walk through life as if you have something new to learn and you will. I think we've all learned a little something this week with my guest, Janet Leach. I'm still preparing the song somewhere along the way. Uh, the Camino song will be released within the month. So stay tuned. You'll be the first to know. I'm Dan Mullins. Until next week, thank you so much for your company. Buen Camino. Buen Camino.